0: This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked and Your Wellness. Welcome to Clit Talk, the pleasure positive podcast. We're like the sex ed you wish you got,
1: and then some. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the
0: show. All right, how you vibing today, Clitorati? As you all know, here at Clit Talk, we love men. We also love to peek around the corner and learn new ways to inspire an empowered bedroom. So strap yourselves in for a fascinating conversation with our new favorite sex sexpert. Her hit YouTube series, Better Sex Coach and No-Nonsense Approach to Sexuality, has helped countless people gain confidence, satisfaction, and transformation both inside and outside the bedroom. Starting in a lab as a professional sex health researcher, she is now one of the top sex coaches in the world. Please welcome Caitlin V. Hi, yes. hi, hi everybody.
2: So, oh. <laughs> uh, yes, we I was are in so a ex- excited We're to in. have you here. You were in a lab. Thank you. I was. (laughs) I didn't actually have to do any of the like testing. I I I wasn't like actually using any of the lab equipment, but I had twenty four hour access to the chlamydia lab at my university, and I would have to race there at like all hours of the day with samples before they would like unfreeze, Um, because if they if they like dropped below a certain temperature, the sample itself would be destroyed. So I was like at the chlamydia lab at like two in the morning. You know, I mean, (laughs) I've. I probably could have scheduled my life better, but I was a busy grad student, you know? <laughs> what are you going to do? That's amazing.
0: I love that yeah. you've taken a scientific approach and brought it to um, sexuality. I'm, also, I'm yeah. a nurse, so I feel like I can totally relate.
1: Yeah, totally. It's so funny. It's so funny to see you virtually now, Caitlin, too. Because we were in preparation for the episode, we were talking about how we basically went to the last party before quarantine <laughs> <ends>. <laughs> the last pre-apocalypse
2: party. The we didn't pre- know it was oh, at the mm-hmm.
1: time, it, and we really did party our asses off. Like we were in your hot tub until she has a hot tub inside of her house. It's like an indoor hot tub, which I've never seen before, which was so amazing. And we were all nice. in there to like. 9 in the morning it was crazy oh, I was yeah, like was I do awesome. not regret partying my ass off because had I known I would have probably stayed up all night um, <laughs> yeah seriously I mean we basically I, w- did. I was there too
3: obviously <laughs> oh, man <laughs> I think I was there yes. till 11am though you were up- <laughs> yeah it was one of those it was one of those all nighters was, was it a, a sex time. party actually no. no there was no playing involved <laughs> but everyone was non-monogamous and like seriously like you can get you can hang and, and not you know fuck Yeah, well, I know
2: that. (laughs) I have a joke that I sometimes introduce myself as a sex coach and closet prude. Because actually people tend to have less sex around me because I'm always so fascinated in, like, well, number one, I'm obsessed with creating, like, the most epic container for sex to take place in. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes that actually prevents people from just, like, getting freaky um I've been known to like ruin a night at a dungeon because I'll just I'll start talking to people like I'm such a nerd about it I actually asked to leave a dungeon once because they said that I was causing too much conversation oh wow (laughs) I I, I can so
3: see that though I can so see that with you like we because when I hang out with you like my desires are like you know and then we get lost in conversation for hours and it's like it's like the most profound connection uh without having without having sex and that's so powerful
1: yeah
2: um, that's crazy so but also sex yes. <laughs> but also yes. we I, so, I i could
1: yeah. feel like if we went to a dungeon as the clip talk cast we could be maybe kicked out for having too much conversation as well i could see that happening to us
0: i would have oh, so yeah. many questions <laughs> you would they'd kid. be like
1: ma'am you need to leave and stop harassing the the dominatrix like, right now
0: <laughs> i I'm only doing this once, and I am going to get my money's worth.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. Anyways, what this is for. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> How totally. did you get that in there exactly? Uh, okay. <gasps> oh, um, no. Anyways, so in preparation for the episode, um, there's so much that Caitlin you can cover, um, and we were like, "Holy crap, we could do 50 episodes with you!" And we really had to sort of like zero it down. So one of the things that we thought would be really beneficial to our listeners is to sort of go through a lot of the common issues that men experience. Um, So like, what are the most common issues that men are bringing into the bedroom today in your experience? Because you work Mm. with men as a sex coach.
2: I do. I work primarily with heterosexual, cisgender men, and the number one and number two issues that they are suffering from are premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction. But actually, I think that both of those issues fall under the larger umbrella issue of performance anxiety for the the vast majority of men. If you don't have a physiological condition, which for premature ejaculation is pretty rare, erectile dysfunction, less rare. But if you're very young and you're healthy and your cardiovascular system is healthy and you're experiencing erectile dysfunction, it's often caused by something psychological. And often that thing is performance anxiety of some capacity. And so that's kind of my area of. Um, expertise and specialty is like helping men to navigate all of the expectations that have been placed on them both by themselves and our culture and porn and you know a lot of men that are in their 20s 30s 40s today grew up with way more access to porn and way more access to adult material and their like ideas of what they're supposed to be who they're supposed to be how they're supposed to perform are actually having um, a really negative effect on their sex lives
0: I love your video when you were talking about erectile dysfunction and how it's mental and your listed reasons for it. And one of them was like, decrease pay, hurt ego. And I thought that was so relevant right now. Like it's always relevant, but now I can imagine that People out there are suffering right now with their work being impacted, their whole lives being turned upside down. So this could actually be compounded with the bedroom. Could actually, This could change a lot of things for a lot of people right now, I think. And it's really important to talk about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think there's more pressure than ever to be having great sex right now because we're at home. Right. Yeah. So there's these right. like kind of competing ideas of like, well, we've got the time and the space to finally have the sex that we've wanted to have and combine that with like all of the anxiety and the fear and like, I don't know, not to put too fine a point on it, but domestic violence is also on the rise and the majority of perpetrators are men. Right. So it's not only just the inability to function sexually, it's also just like an inability to manage emotions in general.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's mm. so funny that you you touch on, um, you know, the expectations of men, I think. On this show, we've talked a lot about the expectations of women, like, oh, you're supposed to moan like this, like, almost like they feel like they mm-hmm. have to perform. But I never really thought about it that the men also feel a sense of having to perform. It's like, you got to be rock solid, you got to be huge, and you better, like, pound away. You know, that I think that's especially what is being taught of men. So, has there been, like, what are some of the other most common things and how do you sort of coach men if there's any any men listening or any girls listening or, part, you know, people listening that want to share this with their partner? What would be something that they could do now to sort of start to dismantle that belief about themselves?
2: Mm. Yeah, that's a huge huge subject. Um the number one thing that I typically start with when I'm working with someone is their relationship to themselves sexually right? So like, how do you relate to yourself sexually when you masturbate? Do you masturbate the way that you did when you were growing up and you are like jerking off as quickly as possible because you're afraid that you're going to get in trouble for using the hot water in the shower or, you know, mom is going to walk in on you and catch you looking at porn, right? A lot of those habits start really, really, really early. And since we don't have a great sex ed structure available, um, a lot of guys just figure out a way to get themselves off that is based on doing it very efficiently and very quickly and not with an emphasis on pleasure, right? And the goal is almost always to ejaculate as fast as possible. And so when I start working with someone, even if it's on erectile dysfunction, the first place that I start is with their body and their experience of sex and pleasure in their body. And I'll tell my clients like, Ultimately, when something in your mind changes, it happens like that, right? Like it's that quick. It's like a light bulb flicks on. You know when you have that like, "Ah, oh, oh, aha, yep, that that makes sense. Got it," right? But the mm-hmm. body takes longer to change. Like you don't go to the gym and just like get a six-pack. I would have a, a 32 pack by the time I've done so many ab challenges since quarantine started. Yeah. It doesn't work that way, right? It's a slow roll. And I think that when we're talking about developing a larger capacity for pleasure, and part of that capacity is our ability to withstand pleasure. Right? One thing that um, I think the parallel between men and women and and how performance anxiety shows up differently is that as women, we often can't have an orgasm because we're so focused on our performance, right? Mm. We're not actually giving useful feedback because we're like up in our minds thinking about how we look and are we doing it right, and it actually prevents us from experiencing our own pleasure. On the other hand, men being so concerned about their performance, their bodies are hardwired to ejaculate under stressful circumstances, right? We go back in time uh, to our ancestors. Like, If a man was having sex and something stressful happened, appeared like he was going to get caught, maybe by a predator, you know? There's like a... Sabretooth tiger coming up over the ridge. It would actually be genetically more advantageous for him to ejaculate than not. Right? Like, that's how we all got here. We all got here because our ancestors all successfully ejaculated. That's just the one thing that they all for sure had in common. That's true. And so, it's true. And so, and so male bodies are really designed to get that genetic material out under any circumstances. And so, when they have a lot of performance anxiety, one way that often manifests is that they ejaculate prematurely because, again, the, pre- the pressure, the anxiety, the performance... They're out of their body. They're in their mind. They're thinking about how they're supposed to be. Is she pleased? She's moaning a lot. Is she orgasming? And pff, they ejaculate quickly.
1: Mm. Yeah, I had that experience. Mm. My my first, you know, the person I lost my virginity to, uh, like my, my we were together for a number of years, like six years. So I had nothing to compare it to. But it was sex would last like you know less than a minute, and I and I never <laughs> and I. So I got really good at like, okay, let's do more foreplay. Like I learned that tactic, but I didn't ever, I didn't ever realize that like that was what was happening, like premature ejaculation. And I never thought about that way. I wonder if I had had this tool set way back then, if I could have actually made a difference for him. I mean, he was really young too. I mean, I feel like also when you guys are like teenagers, like it's hard to not come in like 20 seconds.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's true, but a lot of guys think it's going to go away one day. Mm. And so I I work with a lot of men that are in their, like, 30s and 40s, and they just came to a realization that this is not going to get better on its own. Mm. Mm. That makes sense.
0: So what would you say that women could do to support our partners, our male partners?
2: I think that for the majority of women, we have a great capacity to have conversations around sensitive subjects, right? Not all of us, certainly not across the board, but I think that part of just like demonstrating vulnerability and demonstrating like an openness to addressing the subject in and of itself is so relieving of shame, right? And, like just the ability to go in and say like, hey, there's this thing it has been going on. I kind of want to talk about it. Like it's okay that it's happening. I think there actually is maybe something we could do about it, right? Because a lot of us have the idea that we can't do anything about it. Like, we're kind of just, like, dealt the cards that mm. I'm, sure, I'm sure, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. But, like, how many of us have read a book on, like, business? Or we read a book on, I don't know, if I'm getting better at our jobs or, like, handling our finances. But we don't actually read books and study sex as a whole, as a culture, right? And so even just saying to a man, like, hey, you know what? I think that we could look into doing something about this. I think that we could actually bring this out of the bedroom and that it's not something that you need to be ashamed of embarrassed about. And I think that maybe if we do that, we can find a solution that makes sex more satisfying for both of us. Mm. And just being clear that, you know, her needs, her... Her desires, if it's if this is the case for the, the individual woman, are not just based on, like, being penetrated for, like, thud, 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 thud for hours, right? Because I think that's another idea that a lot of guys have is, like, sex is supposed to be, like, this deep, thrusting penetration for just <laughs> as long as possible. And I think when women are, like, clear that that's not exactly what they're looking for, that would be great <laughs> for, like, 30 to, you know, 30 seconds to, like, a couple minutes every so often. But actually... Getting to know um, what's super pleasurable for us, what's super pleasurable for her, opening up the doors to having a vulnerable conversation, and then helping the, her male partner to, um, to seek resources because she's making it safe and okay for him to go ahead and do that well what what
1: does someone do if they've tried to broach this subject with their partner and their their partner just totally shuts down or is like how dare you like I'm sure that's happened I'm sure there's someone listening mm. right now who's tried to talk to their partner about this and it did not go well like do you have any advice on how we can be supportive if a partner's very resistant or God, like what's the right word like very like really sensitive about this because I think feel like this can be a really sensitive subject for men
2: yeah, that's true. And I would say that's true across the board when it comes to sexual exploration, right? Like, yeah, how many of totally. us have had a different, like, you know, a libido switch? Like, just even giving the feedback of, like, um, I kind of want to try something else, yeah, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Right. It can be really scary.
0: Hey there clitorati, it's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and clit talk for me is a health conversation. I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awakened CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So, I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if. They They would partner with Clit Talk, and they were an overwhelming yes. So now you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. So
3: I'm wondering, like, in, in terms of being, you know, as a woman and being in tune to your partner... Um, if it's not something that um, the man has brought up, like as a as a woman as the as the counterpart, um, what is considered premature? Like I imagine there's a level, there's a range, it's subjective to the person. Like how can you know if maybe there's a premature ejaculation issue going on?
2: Totally. I like to define premature as before both partners were ready. And that way we don't have to have like a specific, because it's not a set definition. You know, what's premature to me might be perfect for someone else. Um, Right. Uh, studies and science has has defined premature ejaculation all over the map like if you two studies will use completely different definition and published like the same year use totally different definitions one is like prior to vaginal sex like no penetration one will be within 30 seconds of penetration you know notice that there's no space here for anything other than vaginal penetration like that's the only kind of sex that we could measure <gasps> right. all sex by <laughs> right um right. so yeah I think like if it happens before you're ready you know ideally we uh, ideally men would be able to reach orgasm reach ejaculation at a time that they feel like they're ready to that the partners have both been satisfied that like whatever you know whatever pleasurable activity that we are like defining sex as uh, had been reached for both people to a satisfactory degree and like anything less than that I would consider to be premature or early early ejaculation
3: So what do you do if there's like a philosophical difference then? You know, I'll speak personally. Uh, So we last about, I would say, 30 minutes on average, like for a nice, Kind of solid fuck sesh. <laughs> it's about 30 <laughs> minutes
0: making <and laughs> love. Is that including like foreplay or is that like all penetration 30 minutes? Uh, stimula- I would say stimulation
3: in general, whether like it starts with oral, like hand oh, okay. to oral uh-huh. to penetration to ejaculation. Okay. And so for me, I would say that's before I'm ready, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But I don't want to offend my partner. And be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. leave him with like he doesn't have enough stamina. So my 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 reach around this has been since I'm non-monogamous. I just have another outlet, so like I don't need to like you know change the way uh, our timeline or like how long it takes us because like it just it I guess it I've explored I've explored other ways to pursue my relationship where I got I was getting my needs met in other ways. Now we're in fucking quarantine, mm-hmm. right? And so it's so much more present to me, right? And my husband's had knee surgery. So I, I was mentioning, like, I, I am having to be on top. As he says, Is it's just like, will you sit on me? That's his, that's his thing. <laughs> can you sit on me? So, kind of hot. It's, it's kind of hot, right? It's kind of hot, and yeah. And so, but now I'm, I'm really sensitive to it. Like, fuck, like, this is the conversation I was avoiding. And who the fuck am I to say that that's premature? But what, what I'm getting from this, it's like... So it's 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 um before I'm ready, but it seems in his world like that that's
2: when he's ready. Well, do you feel so like he ha- has performance anxiety? Well, let me jump in, because I think after the after like the seven to fifteen minute mark, usually men are exerting a great deal of control over when they're ejaculating, right? So maybe right. an important distinction is he gets to essentially choose and he knows how to not ejaculate before he's ready to ejaculate now that at around the 30 minute mark that require that may require like separating bodies taking a little bit of time off or returning to oral sex or something right Mm. um but i think that what what you're pointing to is like a philosophy around how we want to make love how we want to have sex how we want to fuck like for me i would love to just like book an hour Like, just nothing less than, you know? And it would start with, like, a lot of, like, gentle... I'm an erotic blueprint coach, so I talked in the Jaya language. Like, there'd be some, like, energetic connection. we do some sensual touch. There'd be some joint massages. Uh, We might, like, fantasize for a little bit without touching each other. And then we'd start touching each other. And then there would be tons and tons and tons of foreplay. And then there'd be some penetration. then there'd maybe be some anal stuff. Like, that could take three. I could do that for Saturdays. Like, that could just be morning noon and night hold on you guys can yeah. we pause yeah. the episode I need to go masturbate I'll be right back no just kidding
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say you obviously don't have kids so <laughs> um
2: yeah and I yeah. My, my partner wouldn't probably be into that because he would he would probably be down to just like penetrate me for an hour but I I personally like there's not enough lube in this house We'll run out <laughs> so and you know, <laughs> there's just not enough lube <laughs> And aren't in the world. you given?
3: Aren't you given like boxes of lube from Uber I am. Lube?
2: I have so many boxes, <laughs> and now I'm getting boxes of Uber Lube and Royal Royal condoms is sending me boxes of water-based lube. So I'm covered on all fronts. Uh, covered. What so, kind of I wanna- condoms? uh they're called royal they just gotta um i'm like the official sexpert for royal condoms now so oh, nice. nice you know one of the nice things about being a sexpert is that ideally if you do it right you should never have to buy your own condoms your own lube or your own sex toys and i swear to you this week i got sent like 50 condoms a box of lube and right now i have six sex toys what on what are the way. we
1: doing wrong All we're not being free. sent any sex Fine.
2: toys <laughs>
1: I know. I know, seriously. We have to connect on yes. what you're doing over connect there. Connect on that. I want some sex toys.
2: <laughs> I'll hook I'll you guys up. I, d- I do. Shout out to Roe Condom. They make a great condom. It doesn't smell like a condom. That's my favorite part. You know, how condoms Ooh. have like that, like, they yeah. have a really distinct, like, taste, smell. You get it in your mouth, you're like, ah, yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> to really get rid of condom taste. Um, there's, don't have that effect. Oh, that's so. <laughs> um, I slightly feel like
3: my bisexuality is attributed to how disgusting condoms are. <laughs> oh my God!
1: Okay, so I want to oh shift. I want to shift the conversation because there was another thing that, um, Caitlyn we were talking about prior to this episode, which I thought was really beautiful. Was so we talked about performance anxiety and had to sort of transition out of that. You know, we talked about a lot of men are not having sex for pleasure is one of the biggest things that men come to get coaching from you on. So I'd I'd love for you to sort of touch on how can men go from performance to pleasure? like What are some of the things that they can do to make that transition?
2: Wow. That's such a beautifully articulated question because I think that you, what you hit on is exactly what the majority of men that are sexually active today are being challenged to do in one way or another, mm. right? If they're not being challenged by PE or ED, they're being challenged by this overarching conversation around consent. Right? Mm. And wait, I wait. What is
1: PE oppor- or ED? I don't know. For I don't know what that
2: means. Oh, sorry. Premature ejaculation oh, or oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> no. Great. Thank you. I'm like lingo over here. Um, but I think that this also has an echo to the larger like Me Too consent conversation, right? Like we're we're all kind of being asked, like, what is sex? It also is an echo with our larger non-monogamy conversation. Like, what is the role of sex? We all grew up with this idea of, like, what sex is supposed to be and the role that it is supposed to play in all of our lives. And let's be real, that role, for the majority of us, both men and women, was not really about pleasure. It was maybe about pleasure for men, maybe, but even then, it was sort of something you were, like, stealing from a woman that she just kind of, like, owed you, and we were not allowed to like it. And if you did like it, that would have made you wrong and bad and dirty, right? And now here we are in 2020. It's like, okay, all that seems like it's become very clear that that's not true on so many different levels. And we have this, like, uprise of, of women, empowered women, like, owning their sexuality, enjoying their sexuality, And at the same time, we have this like uprising of men that have grown up on a very steady diet of porn and, 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 and not just like any porn, but like the internet porn of like the endless array of unbelievably imaginative sexual acts filmed on camera over and over and over and over again with any different combinations of bodies and toys and cakes and balloons and you name it, right? Like we we just have this like, we're at this precipice of what is sex? How are we enjoying sex? How are we relating to sex? And I think that for, for anyone, but particularly men that are are open to, or like having their eyes open to this conversation, I think the greatest challenge is vulnerability. I think the greatest challenge is open-mindedness, is like this, this, and this could just be me speaking as a coach because this is what I'm constantly running up against, right? Is that we have to be open to the fact that these the rules are being rewritten. And when sex, which existed just in the bedroom with the doors closed and the lights off, suddenly comes out into the light, we're forced to face something that is so primal, so core, so original, so the bedrock and the foundation of who we are and how we move about the world and i think just having the courage to rethink that having the courage to like define that for yourself and and everyone listening to this like having the courage to even enter into that conversation i think i think that i think if you can if you can own that If you can get okay with maybe rewriting some of the rules, if you can get okay with the idea that maybe you don't know the way that things are quote unquote supposed to be, then I think you can have a real transformation in your sex life. Easier said than done, but that is my advice for all men. Do do you think
1: it's um, men should not be watching porn?
2: (sighs) That's a, yeah. Um, Yes and no. Uh, Let's go there. Um, I get in trouble because obviously I have a, a large male audience, and any time I suggest that maybe they shouldn't be watching porn, they're like, "What do you mean you're going to take my porn away from me?" Um, I mean, I watch porn, um, so I'm like, "Should I, don't I think, be watching it?" <laughs> like, I don't think that porn is necessarily bad. Like, just like all things, porn is a tool, right? Like morphine in the hospital when you're when you have a like a you know a broken leg is really great, and morphine three years later. Because you can't get off of it, and you need it just to go by your daily life, is not great, right? But in both cases, it's a tool, mm-hmm. and porn is a tool. And I think that a lot of men have a um, have a relationship with porn where they don't recognize it's a movie. You're like I remember uh, when I watched Jurassic Park as a kid, just being scared shitless. <laughs> Because I was totally convinced that dinosaurs were real and they were coming, right? (laughs) And I remember my mom saying to me, it's just a movie. Mm. And we have to just be with that when it comes to porn. But there's no disclaimer on the bottom that's like, this is just a movie. These are paid actors on a closed set. They warmed up their bodies. I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I was thinking about this earlier. Um, about the number of partners that I've been with that just looked at me and were like, "But can you take it something this big?" And I'm like, "Yeah, in like an hour, I could totally right. insert something that big into my body." But they have this idea that like you just click play and then you can insert like a 12 inch double dong that's four inches in girth around. Or at least the people that I sometimes have sex with. <laughs> that. Um, but how many times have <laughs> well, been yeah. like, "Oh, is it, it? like it's no?" Not we okay. had, we like, had like, hashtag oh, love. Yeah, we have, well, we <laughs> had <laughs> Riley
1: Reyes on who she's she does porn and she does a lot of anal porn. And she talks about how the night before she like basically stretches her anus out. Like she has a whole routine totally. of stretching herself out so that she's ready for work the next day. So I do think yes. in that sense, it's, it's, yes. un, it's, it's, it's given people an unrealistic expectation of like yes lack of foreplay, <laughs> I guess you could say. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah so I have, I have, I want to be really clear I have nothing against porn I think that there's a lot of really great especially now there's some like awesome ethically made like consciously made porn with people like her that are professionals and they are doing an amazing job at, like they're talented professionals that are acting in a way on screen um, and are performing. And I think that uh, most of us don't get the kind of education that is necessary for us to understand that they are professionals and that it is just a movie and it's for our entertainment. And you know, I think porn, the place that it really has in the bedroom is after you've had that like whatever sexual dysfunction you're dealing with, after you've dealt with that, you bring porn back in because it's magical in its ability to create turn on and to give ideas and to give inspiration. And honestly, like that's where I think porn fits. It's it doesn't take the place of um, of your sexuality. I think a lot of people kind of like export their turn on onto porn, and they become reliable on mm. porn for to even connect with themselves sexually. So like porn, mm-hmm. porn is like entertainment.
1: Yeah. Like we had Nina Hartley on and she she has one of the best quotes I ever heard. She goes, "Learning to have sex from watching porn is like learning how to drive watching the Fast and Furious." And I was like, "That's totally what it is." Yes. That's, never, and she's a por- yeah. and she's like a total porn. She's like a bonafide porn star and she's like It's a movie, you guys. She's like, this is not real fucking life. I was like, all right, well, right from
0: the source, there it is. You were mentioning um, vulnerability is like access to pleasure and overcoming performance anxiety and the disconnect between porn being entertainment and then maybe disconnecting from it to then, again, integrate it as a tool, as one of many tools, could really um, serve in overcoming all of those things if anyone's having issues in the bedroom.
2: Yeah, and you also reminded me in that... that um, another like piece of advice that I would share with men is to increase their pleasure tolerance, because mm. we we don't we have a pain tolerance, right? Like we all have a threshold at which, like for me, I'm a fainter. Like, my, thresh, my pain threshold is very low. I just black out. It's great. It's actually been really useful at a lot of moments in my life because I just wake up an hour later. I'm like, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, when my patients
1: hours.
0: black out on me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Is that as no. a nurse no. or as yeah, no
1: your, secret, an unconscious your secret side job as a dominatrix, Katie? Which, which job are you talking Ooh. about? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs>
2: yeah. I Wait. would actually have a lot of fun doing that. I, I know you would. I, I think you would. I would like to come to the dungeon episode. Can I come to yeah, the dungeon as like, I think Whoa. as soon as we can all be together and again, I honestly think we should
3: all go to a dungeon together and then talk about it on an
2: episode. One. That oh. time up. So, anyways, pain tolerance and pleasure tolerance. We we're mm. really familiar with the idea of pain, but we're not as familiar with this like pleasure mm. tolerance. And the ironic thing is that we've never had a closer relationship with quote unquote pleasure in our lives, right? Like and 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 our in our in our species, because there was never a time in the past where you could just like. Walk down the street and pick up like a box of sugar and carbs and just have like all of your thought, taste pleasure met by like a rack of Oreos, right? But we have come to this place where we're expecting pleasure in the form of like likes on Instagram or, you know, winning the race at Mario Kart or watching the porn that's accessible on our like, you know, little porn movie screen that's in our pocket all the time. But like our our depth of pleasure that our bodies can experience has gone totally one hundred percent unexplored uh, for the majority of people, right? Even we th- even those of us that are orgasmic, multi orgasmic, even those of us that like have you know practices of like bringing pleasure to our body, how often is it that we like really stop to just like delight our senses with pleasure? Like how often are we eating a chocolate cake or eating one of those Oreos? and we're also checking Instagram at the mm. same time instead of being like, Oh my god, the like richness, the flavor, the texture, the silkiness. Like there's actually so much pleasure available to us, but we're not used to tuning into it. And that's especially true for men, right? You so said Oreos
0: and my mouth started <laughs> I'm <like watering>. salivating.
1: <laughs> It's been years since I've had a fucking Oreo. (laughs) No, but I never thought about (laughs) we always talk about like I just had this aha moment where we always on the show we talk a lot about developing like a a self-pleasure practice. And food is something that I really enjoy, but I never thought about like actually slowly eating like a creme brulee and like allowing myself to really get turned on by it in that way. Like and i'm like where are else are these hidden areas of my life where i'm not developing a pleasure practice like and and it just kind of hit me it's like i've been a little bit like depressed in the quarantine because i feel like i've been deprived of so many of the things that bring me pleasure in life and i just got present to well i could actually play a game with myself and find the simple pleasures and really like develop the muscle of pleasure and the stronger that muscle gets, the more you can apply it to, like, any area of your life. Yeah. Yes, I love that.
2: One of the assignments I'll give my clients is every single day, experience pleasure in each of your five senses. Ooh, I like that.
0: You've you've talked a couple times about how, you know, the saber-toothed tiger and how— we're naturally conditioned. We did a whole season on Sex at Dawn, season three. And we've recently partnered with this company, Let's Get Checked. They do at-home hormone testing for men and women, among other things like STD and COVID. And since we're an official affiliate, we have a discount code. Just use Clit talk. you know, if anyone's interested. I'm because th- we did an episode on it, and men's sperm count is actually 50% less than it used to be. Do you know anything about that and the
2: impact? Uh, and men's testosterone has dropped yeah. one percentage point every year since the 80s. And so men today have significantly less testosterone than their fathers did at the same age. There's there's not one known reason for this. Um, there's a lot of speculation, and I can't really... Uh, I, I, I don't want to confirm or deny any of yeah. the environmental issues. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I have a sense that it has something to do with the way that we live today um, mm-hmm. and the food that we put in our body. And um, it's challenging because I've also had a fair number of clients get their testosterone checked and found out that they were in the perfectly normal range. Right, and so there's sort of a big drive, a big push to get men to get onto testosterone, right? And there's this like you Mm -hmm. know the same thing we do for women. When women reach menopause, what do we want to do? We want to we want to take like bioidentical hormones, and we just we don't want to do it. Yeah, (laughs) and the same is true for men. They reach a certain age, and we're like, well, you're just missing testosterone. Your your T is low, man. Like you you're having you know you you don't have as much aggression. You don't have as much goal orientedness. Not as much pep in your step. Um, Just shoot up with tea, you know, it becomes like a, it it, it, it becomes a way of avoiding the body's natural aging process. But that said, men often report feeling better when they're on testosterone. So like I would never want to deny someone something that can like help them feel better. Testosterone is one of the strongest drugs that you can introduce to the human body. Um, I used to work at a transgender um, services center. And one of the things that I learned there was that if I started taking testosterone, like if any of us, any of the four of us that started taking testosterone today, the effects that it would have on our body would be irreversible, even if we stopped taking it. So changes wow. in your hair, changes in your voice, change like everything that you experience now now the mood and the personality and sort of the lens that you're seeing the world through, that will go back once you stop taking it. But the physical changes that testosterone will manifest in your body will be irreversible. It's that your clitoris getting larger your voice getting deeper your body hair getting thicker testosterone more than any other uh substance that you can introduce to the body has an enormous effect so you think about what that has to be like as an aging man you're this drug that is just incredibly um um like impactful on the body starts to decrease slowly and if you're a man in your 30s and you're comparing yourself to your father or other men older men you're getting told that like you know when i was your age i could do this and i you know could manage the house and have the kids and i didn't deal with depression or anxiety and i didn't deal with fatigue right and part of that is actually because they're have a different level of male hormones in their body
0: oh that's so interesting because it's dropped so much, like since your dad or your grand granddad, basically. Wow! Wow! And that's had an effect on um, on fertility as well. Yes.
2: Yeah. I don't have a, a number that I can quote, but yeah, absolutely. Well, and and, mm-hmm. and just like men's general health and well being, and their mental health and well being as well.
0: So for our clitorati, if this sounds like you or someone you know, you can go to trylgc.com dot backslash clit talk mail, or just use clit talk for twenty percent off your purchase for this awesome at home testing service. They literally have every test under the sun, which is great for now that people are you know trying to stay home as much as possible. <laughs>
1: uh, we just thought they were so great because they have the um, the ability to test specific hormones. For like levels of like why, like if there is a physical reason for someone's having like erectile dysfunction or, I don't know, you probably know more about it than we do. You have, what else can they provide?
2: totally um, So I'm a big fan of the male hormone advanced testing kit because t- testosterone is a, not just a powerful drug in the body, it's a super complicated um, in fact, all, all of our hormones are, right? Like the way that they balance each other. And um, when we test testosterone, there's actually two really important tests. Um, we have to take the free testosterone and the bound testosterone. And so it's not until you get up into the upper levels of the test that they provide that you're getting both of those numbers. And you have to have both of those numbers to give you a full picture of how much testosterone is available in your body. Um, but the other reason that I like, let's get checked, they also do female oh, cool. hormones too. Um, so you can have your, your female hormones tested as well. And they do a, I think it's a 10 panel STI STD test. Yeah. Um, and something that I love, like being a member of the non-monogamous community is having easy access to STI Mm. testing. Right. Um, so yeah. And then they, oh my gosh, you can think of any health concern at all. Let's get checked. Has a at-home test for it. They're actually super simple. We've done them here. Oh, that's Um, great.
0: I mean, they have a COVID-19 test.
2: They do. Do they? It's just a a mouth swab. Yeah.
1: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They have a bunch of cool things. We just thought they were such a cool resource.
2: And again, like testosterone is one part of that overall question. So like you might still be able to get erections. I don't want anyone listening to this. Like you might have perfect erections and immaculate control over your ejaculation and you can still have low testosterone. Wow. So yeah, it's a good right. idea to are tested regardless. Even if you think it could be
1: physical, it could be a psychological, you know, it might be like a multi-purpose thing, totally. yeah. Well, that's...
3: Yeah, it seems like it's just really good to be aware of, just even from like a health standpoint, like knowing the what's yeah. so. Uh, I'm yeah. really curious to do the um female hormones test kit. Um, I'm curious for you to right do it now, too, sugar. I, I just... Yeah, like I had yeah. this weird inkling of... <laughs> <laughs> all right. uh, I had this like weird feeling the other day. I was like, I feel like my hormone levels are off. And now we're like having this conversation and I'm like, there's just no coincidences. I don't believe in coincidences. So part of me is thinking, hmm, that's something to look at. Yeah, I feel like I'm having a hormone imbalance issue, which I think makes sense with all of the... Stress and change. And like you said, Lindsay, like feeling like everything that brought you pleasure has been like taken away from you. Oh my God, me too. And I'm having to be like, well, I preach on Clit Talk, so I got to find other ways to like bring pleasure <laughs> right? into my life because like pleasure is always available to me. They didn't take it away. Uh, but absolutely, there's things and circumstances that have like inter- interrupted our ability to like go to our go to uh, pleasure access points, so to speak. And so I think it makes sense that like our hormones right now, especially, would be imbalanced. So I would I would suggest anybody and everybody to like just get present to the what's yeah. so right now, um, and it could have changed, you know, like depending on um our ment- your mental well being, you know, like it's gonna have an impact in the body, totally,
2: right? totally. For and sure. our hormones are like the glasses, you know, they're literally like the lens that we are wearing that color how we see the entire world. Like, is the world friendly or is it an enemy? You know, is it a place of abundance? Is it a place of scarcity? And, I, you know, there, there's another thing that's happening because we don't have the same things that we can desire. Like I can desire a cheeseburger with my whole heart and I know that I'm not going to go get one, right? And that has an impact on our dopamine and our relationship to dopamine is changing as well. So we're changing on on every single level and the lens, the internal lens that colors our entire world is shifting whenever our hormones are shifting. So mm.
1: so Caitlin, tell us where can our listeners find you if they're interested you're you are you do private coaching i know you have a website you have an extraordinary youtube channel how can
2: people connect to you You can find me at bettersexcoach.com or by searching YouTube for Better Sex Coach and you'll find me there under my name, Caitlin V. All right. And you have an Instagram or anything where people can follow you? I do. Thank you. Um, Caitlin Victorious X. And that's Caitlin with a C and two I's. And we'll we'll link all of her stuff in our show notes as well.
1: Um, And I know that you have a bunch of really cool free kind of giveaways on your website. Definitely everybody go and check it out. She has some really amazing like free giveaways that she does and i know you have like a newsletter that's incredibly informative that you send out to people and her videos are incredible as well so definitely make sure you check out all her stuff we're gonna for sure have you back on this was so amazing i feel like i learned a lot i'm sure katie and sugar did as well
0: I have so many more questions yeah. for you. <laughs>
2: I'm we'll just have like, to have have her back. We <laughs> have you back. I know. Let's Seriously. do the again yeah. episode from the dungeon. Absol- we'll we'll, we'll Absol- make live it okay for us to talk live at the from the dungeon. <laughs> oh my gosh that has to happen that sounds like
3: that sounds like a technological nightmare being that I can (laughs) barely fucking set up my audio on this (laughs) this virtual platform we've been using since quarantine but you know we'll figure it out you know we'll figure figure it out out. we'll totally figure it out we always do yep we (laughs) do All
1: right, Clitorati thank you for tuning in this week and as always we love you and we will see you next Tuesday thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at clittalkshow for your clit fix in between episodes.